Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Well, hello, everyone. It's time for another edition of the Blue White Breakdown and Lives. Penn State football podcast. I'm Bob Flounders, joined by Greg Pickle. We had Dave Jones on last week. I barely survived that. Greg, you're back. Thank God. We're in mid-June, if everything's good. And the news with Penn State, Greg, it never, real, like we always say, it never really stops. This is going to be a very, I think, recruiting-centric podcast, but I think that's what the, the fans want to talk about it. First of all, how are you doing? How are things uh, in the Middletown area? Did you have a good weekend? Rocking and rolling, Bob. The uh, promise of June recruiting news has certainly uh, happened the way we expected it to. Uh, Penn State picked up a commit about 12 hours before we recorded this, so we'll talk about that. But yeah, I mean, I think that we have expected this month to be recruiting heavy for quite some time, and the first, what, like, seven to 10 days have not disappointed and there's a lot more of it on the horizon. Yeah. I want to, let's start with, uh, let's start with though. You, you put in some serious Saturday time. It was hot. You took one for the team. You were down in the Mannheim area to evaluate. I think a couple of Penn state prospects, Penn state verbals at a seven on seven camp. Uh, one of them's a quarterback, so let's not bury the lead, Greg. Uh, I think a lot of the fans probably saw some of the things you posted on Penn Live after you uh, you saw Bo Prabula in seven on seven. He is part of a two quarterback class, obviously that's coming in, I believe, next year, along with a very hyped quarterback, I think, it Drew Alar. But what did you see from Bo Prabula? Uh, he's from Central York, and he's a guy that I think Penn State identified early. And it looks like he's just getting better and better and better. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head, Bob. This is a guy that I think fans may have overlooked or underrated a little bit because maybe he didn't have great arm strength or maybe he wasn't uh, maybe as polished looking as as Drew L.R., the other quarterback in this class. But let's not forget that Bo Pabula led his team to the PAA State Finals in Pennsylvania's highest classification. So. Uh, certainly he has a strong track record and he looks better to me. I mean, we were talking to a couple of coaches at that event, you know, a couple of them, and they were just really impressed by how much better the ball came out of his hand and how much better his deep ball was. And it was evident. It really was. I mean, so I think he's grown a little bit this off season, uh, both physically and just in the way he plays. And Penn State, if all goes as planned, is going to sign two four-star, maybe one of them becomes a five-star, who knows, quarterbacks that will be able to come in and compete right away. So I know that room is very dicey right now. Obviously, you don't you can't find too many corners of the internet uh, to make up the Sean Clifford fan club, but you have him back. Then you have two guys, Taquan Roberson and Christian Bayor, who have never taken game snaps before. And obviously, these two guys, Prabula and Alar, are going to come in the same way, but yeah, I really liked what I saw from him, Bob. He still has a senior season to go, and if he keeps progressing like he is right now, he's going to be in pretty darn good shape. 
Yeah, and I think you also uh, brought up something that's important because, you know, Sean Clifford, this is going to be his fifth year at Penn State. I think, Greg, technically, because of the COVID year, I believe would he actually have another year of eligibility after this one? Even though it's his fifth year, it, it only counts as his fourth year. So, I mean, that is, in a way, good news. He's learning Mike, uh, your system, but uh, at some point, Penn State's going to have to address the quarterback position, the future of the quarterback position in a big way. The vibes we got coming out of spring were that they're very, they, I don't think they shied away from maybe trying to add quarterback or two via the transfer portal, which is, which is a sign really that the depth chart isn't probably what they would like of it. It's not Christian's fault, Christian Bayor's fault, that he's a true freshman January enrollee, but you know, they just don't – I think ideally they would like to have at least four guys they feel good about in the room. And yeah, there's only one with experience. So it's one way or another, this is going to shake out pretty interesting, Greg. I could, you, could, you can almost envision a scenario where Sean Clifford, if he's healthy in, you know, in 2021, plays 98% of the meaningful snaps. And what does that mean, though? you know, for the future when eventually they're going to move on from him, but they could in theory have a, no quarterbacks with any meaningful experience. So it's a tough, it's kind of a tightrope that James Franklin and Mike Yersitz have to walk. But at some point they just got to, they got to, they got to get some more snaps for some of their younger quarterbacks. I know that James is a one quarterback guy, which is one of the reasons why Will Levis is no longer here. He's in Kentucky, but you know, it's just you're playing with fire. If you if if anything happens to Sean, I think they're in trouble this year. But at what point will they turn the page and 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 look to the next Penn State starting quarterback? Maybe it'll be one of the guys on on the roster now, or maybe it'll be like you said, either Bo Prabula or Drew Alar, two very hyped prospects, especially Alar, even maybe more so than Bo. But it's good to hear that you think that that Bo is definitely playing at a four star level. Sounds like you had a lot of fun. I know you were dehydrated. I don't recommend the heat for anyone, Greg. Kudos to you. He wasn't the only, though, Penn State prospect that you saw down there. What can you tell us about Mr. Ivy? Yeah, so Anthony Ivy was there as well, four-star receiver from Mannheim Township. Made pretty clear, as did Prabula, as have a, as have a number of Penn State commits that they are not uh, interested in other schools and they're not listing anybody else and won't be taking any other visits. So. He'll be up on campus a few times this summer. And, you know, we saw only a couple of times where his team had a younger quarterback and that led to some some inaccuracy issues and things like that. But when the ball got in his hands, man, he can run and he can run routes and he can do a little bit of everything. So it's clear why uh, Penn State jumped on him so quickly, Bob. He just has it all. He has a mix of speed and he looks like a guy who can play in the slot. And I think Penn State fans are really going to enjoy watching more of him as the years go on. All right. So we'll keep eyes and ears kind of on the lookout for for him. Greg, before we get to some more recruiting news this weekend, though, Penn State, Penn State found another unique talent, I think, to add to its recruiting base. It's a big defensive lineman. I'll let you talk about him, but I believe he either committed – either today or uh, maybe in the last 24 hours. He's got some unusual background. Penn State's done this before uh, with some athletes, but what can you tell me about him? A a JUCO defensive lineman, is that correct? That's right, Bob. It's Jordan Vandenberg. I believe I pronounced that right. He is a 
unrated uh, defensive lineman out of Iowa Western via a small school in Georgia via South Africa, where he lived until he was nine or 10. So definitely unique. He had Nebraska and Iowa offers camp to Penn State, or worked out at Penn State on Tuesday. They offer, he commits pretty much on the spot. So, you know, I'm going to have a story up at Penn Live at some point over the next 24 hours. But the one thing I think that's important to note here, Bob, is that a lot of times we hear the words junior college or transfer and assume that because of those two things, this guy's going to be ready to play right away. I don't know if that's the case here. I mean, he's listed, I think, at 6'4", 279. The Iowa Western website said 6'3", 280. Either way, I don't think he's primed to come into Penn State without a spring practice, without winter conditioning, right. and play right away. You know, we'll have to wait and see. Obviously, he did enough to impress with an all and get an offer uh, late, very late in the process here, and he had 20 tackles for Iowa Western. But it's a big jump, so we'll see. But, you know, I don't think it hurts. The numbers in the defensive line room, as we've discussed, are pretty yeah. short. And so you add some depth there, a quality player that two other Big Ten teams thought were worth uh, offering as well. And you bolster a class, uh, 2021, that only had one defensive line commit previously, Rodney McGraw, who enrolled early and will be a defensive end. So very interesting pickup, and we'll see how it plays out. Right. Now we're going to, before we turn our attention to this weekend and maybe – uh, some other Penn State targets that could be actually be in town, Greg. Just let's talk a little bit about the Blue White Breakdown podcast. We've been doing this for a while. We do it quite a few times a week. I think we do it every day during the football season. It's usually you and I, but also Dustin Hawkinsmith has a lot to do with the Blue White Breakdown podcast. So once, once in a while, we twist Dave Jones' arm. He was here last week talking uh, a little bit of everything for Penn State football, but. As far as as far as the listeners and the viewers go, just just if you could do a little housekeeping and just tell them where they can find it and where they can get it as quickly as possible. You know it. It's a blue white breakdown. Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, wherever you find the podcasts and audio, you'll find us. As you mentioned, Bob, Dustin Hawkinsmith goes five days a week. We go at least once a week, if not twice. And uh, there's sometimes a video version. That's at youtube.com slash all Penn State. All righty, so let's kick it off to the second half of our uh, recruiting-centric podcast. Greg, you were kind enough to give me uh, some names so I don't look like a complete fool. You can give me a phonetic spelling about some potential, I think, Penn State visitors this weekend. Let's see how I do. Denise Sutton, I believe, is one player. Obviously, this is a little bit easier. Nick Singleton uh, and from the Philadelphia area, Keenan Nelson. They're either going to visit, the way you put it, or they could potentially commit. It's one or the other, I think, the way you explained it to me. Of those names, who do you want to start with and who interests you the most? Yeah, Denai Dennis Sutton Bob's the biggest target on Penn State's board. There's no question. Rivals just made him a five-star earlier this week. He's the kind of defensive end, like a Jason Alway, like an Eter Gross Matos, like a Shaka Tony, who can come in and change a game. And, you know, we've seen Ohio State have guys like that. We've seen a lot of schools have guys like that. Penn State can use another one like that. I'm not saying they don't have one on the roster, but you can never have enough five-star defensive ends. And so he'll be on campus this weekend, easily their top target. Uh, Nick Singleton on the offensive side of the ball is probably the top guy there from Governor Mifflin, Alabama. There's a lot of schools in play for him, including Ohio State. You can't let another top PA guy go to the Buckeyes. So they'll continue the push there and try and get him in this class. They're hoping for two running backs and certainly want him to be one of them. 
Uh, you know, you talk about Keenan Nelson, Philadelphia St. Joe's four-star corner, some questions about whether he's a linebacker or a corner at the college level. But ultimately, he's a guy who came for an official, unofficial visit last week and then showed up for an official visit this week. So I think that tells you a lot about where Penn State stands. And it would be right. shocking to me, frankly, if he gets out of this weekend without committing. So no commitments for Penn State last weekend during the first chance for in-person recruiting in over a year. Uh, I think that will change this time around, Bob. They're going to have so many guys on campus. I just think one's bound to commit, even though, as we've said, most are not going to commit until July. I think you'll see some pop up here and there. Nelson could be one of them, but time will tell. Ultimately, though, it's another busy weekend in State College as they try and fill out this top, uh, currently top 10 class of 2022. Greg, uh, before we conclude this blue-white breakdown, well, obviously we talk a lot about the 2022 class and what Penn State's doing with it. Is there anything, just for the listeners, where does Penn State stand? I know it's a little bit early to talk about, but with the 2023 class, I know it's in the early stages. Is there anything you're hearing? What are they trying to do? What, what are their goals? What are, what are their, their needs that they definitely need to address? I know we're, we're jumping ahead of year, but in 2023, looking at what could come in the rest of the way in 22, looking what they already have, looking at, looking at how the roster might look in a year or two in terms of deficiencies. Is there anything you can share with the fans about 2023? Yeah, it's a little early for that. Yeah. But I think that, you know, obviously safety is always a spot where you, they feel like it just feels like they're always a little bit behind on the numbers there. Uh, corner is a place where you could lose guys. I could see them losing guys pretty consistently early to the NFL. So I think when you look further down the road, you're always going to prioritize the secondary. You know, they need numbers at linebacker. I mean, there's no doubt about that in this class and in the next one. So. You know, those are the spots that jump out at me. You have a pretty young receivers room. I think you feel good about where you're at with tight end. So obviously they're going to take guys at those spots, but maybe not as much of a priority. And then when you talk about quarterback and running back, I think it really depends. If you get two guys this class, you're probably not going to have an easy time getting a big star in the next class. I know that some schools can do it, but Penn State, you know, we'll see how things go this year. Maybe that'll help, but that can tend to be a challenge. And then with the running backs, you know, I think they want to add bodies there but it's a pretty stacked room and if you get two this year again I think that may knock you out of the way for some guys next year so you know the secondary always seems to be a place I think where trying to restock especially safety is important every single year yeah and one final note I would be remiss if I didn't bring this up because you put out a little video on him we cover Penn State for Penn Live you know we get a lot of uh, audience from different parts of the country and we're thankful for that but you know, it's really a Harrisburg-based company. We're talking about Penn State. We're 90 minutes away. When you were at Mannheim Central, you saw a freshman quarterback who's going to be a freshman quarterback, uh, Bishop McDevitt in the Harrisburg area. I think he put a nice video out about him and his arm. And he's got a great name. Stone Saunders is his name from McDevitt. Uh, he's the son of Baltimore Ravens strength coach Steve Saunders, who also is affiliated with the Powertrain Fitness that chain. I just wanted to bring him up. I believe he's got a Michigan offer. I don't even know if he's played a down Greg in high school, but I I was just curious what you thought of him. Number one. And number two, we talk about Penn state trying to protect our turf. At some point is Penn state going to get involved with him? Where, where do they stand? Or do they, they usually wait a little while, baby, before they do their, their homework on a guy that's not played a snap in high school. 
Yeah, I would say this, Bob. If he comes to campus this summer, he'll probably end up leaving with an offer. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I'm sure they'll want to see him in person, but uh, well, time will tell on that. You know, obviously, McDevitt guys don't have that far to go to visit Penn State, yeah. so it was it, this. It'll resolve itself sooner rather than later. But at the same time, I think you want to be careful about offering guys who have never played a high school snap before because. They look, I mean, he looked great without uh, shoulder pads yeah, or a helmet, but you know, you never know. I think that this is a guy who has the makings of a future five star recruit. So you want to be on the ground floor, but we've seen that go the wrong way before. USC knows all too well about how that right. can go. So, yeah, very interesting player, really looked apart. You wouldn't know he was just going into his freshman year of high school unless you knew. I guess is the best compliment I can give him. And Michigan's on board. I'm sure Penn State will be before long, and a lot of other schools will be following suit. Yeah, Michigan better be on board. They need quarterbacks. Harborough's not been able to develop any quarterbacks. He's young, but, uh, yeah, it's just interesting to note. You know, I'm trying to remember the last time I've heard of a freshman quarterback in the Harrisburg area to get a a, a major offer before ever playing it down on the high school level. A very unique, I think, story that could be developing. Let's wish – Stone Saunders, the best. Greg, I wish you the best the rest of this week. It's going to be warm, but that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Blue White Breakdown, Penn Lies Penn State Football Podcast. 